Hi there, folks! Field correspondent Gabby here with the hosts of Pokemon Radio, Derek and Ceci, for a very special bonus episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. I got to sit down with Derek and Ceci and hear straight from them what they thought of their time with Astrid and Paul Wall. Let's just get right into it. I'm so glad that you guys could join me. Thank you for taking the time to sit down. Of course. It is wonderful to be here after this adventure. So much, I feel like, different so many different emotions from our last sit-down post-adventure. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I think we probably have more um, thoughtful analysis based on our trainers just being a little bit more competent this time. Love you, Boogis. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I do think that it makes makes a little bit of a difference here. Uh, but, yeah, let's, let's jump into these questions, Gabby. All right. Well, first, I just want to hear overall, how did your adventure go? incredibly smooth i think ceci uh, alluded to this but they were like kind of experts in what they did like they knew their poke type they loved their poke type and they just fucking got things done like it was just at, at every point it felt like i know paul knew exactly which pokemon he wanted to catch knew where to go had everything planned out if anything anything that threw the adventure off schedule it was always me being a uh, a heathen <laughs> out in the street so like it was just yeah it just impressive yeah, I think I would say that once Astrid's psychic types sort of hit their stride from that point, overall, the adventure was pretty smooth. I don't think she really ran into a lot of issues after, like, the third or fourth gym, maybe. Um, prior to that, it was definitely a little bit more touch and go, which was surprising to me. Yeah, especially, like, I don't know, it's not that I didn't trust them or have belief in them. But after the last adventure, I was I was definitely skeptical as to how much expertise we were gonna um, have to impart <laughs> onto these young young humans. But it was it was a good time. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, my next question is, what did you expect going into this journey with these trainers that only use one type of Pokemon, and how did it compare to those expectations? So I'm gonna start. I, I, I expected some fucking weirdos. I thought anyone who was obsessed enough with one type of Pokemon, no offense to all y'all gym leaders out there, you got to have something weird going on in your head because there's so many cool Pokemon. And if you're that obsessed with one type, I figured you would kind of take on the traits. So when I heard that it was both a psychic and a bug trainer, look, I figured the psychic person was going to be completely out there, just in their own head, just insane, just terrifying to deal with. And I figured the bug trainer would probably be some sort of serial killer. So pleasant surprise. I think, so that is an interesting point. Um, what I would say was that I definitely expected Astrid being a psychic type trainer to just fucking breeze through <laughs> this journey. I did not expect her to have that many issues, especially because there are so many like diverse dual types for psychic yeah. now in Johto, a little bit more so than in Kanto. Um, whereas with Paul being a bug type trainer, I was like, bug still hasn't really hit its stride yet i feel like it doesn't really get you know to be that competitive that it's worth having a you know full team of bugs until like hoenn or Sinnoh. so um i was honestly more worried about paul and then actually getting into the journey like i just said uh astrid struggling so much in the beginning of the game was honestly really really surprising to me because you know, I just, I did not expect it to be such a slow start. And so trying to just support her as she sort of struggled through um, 
was not at all what I expected. But then once she got over that hump, then it very much was what I expected. Just sort of uh, <laughs> easy sailing. Yeah, well, it was the interesting thing for me was you mentioned not expecting the struggles. Yeah, I figured with psychic types, it would be a pretty just smooth journey uh, because psychic yeah. types can be so powerful. And it was interesting that, yeah, I guess if trainers know their types, it's not as a big of a difference. I thought psychic and bug would have been on two very opposite ends of the viability spectrum as far as a monotype playthrough yeah because paul never really ran into like significant issues no right? not really outside of me no i think i was i was <laughs> paul's biggest issue so outside of that <laughs> had a pretty pretty easy time all right so i feel like you maybe touched on this a little bit but i just want to dive a little bit deeper into uh what was the most surprising part of this monotype challenge Ooh, the most surprising I think by far the most surprising part, I, I, we, just to, it's reiterating, one, normal humans that we met, fucking crazy. <laughs> Two, that there were just not as many challenges. It's, it's, I think it's the diversity of the movesets that the Pokemon use that if, I guarantee if you would have given, you know, Bugis and Dino a monotype, it, they probably never would have made yeah. it out of the first town. But having, like, trainers that seem so dedicated to their type, then they basically already had game plans on how to get around, whether it was you know, sideways using dig, not earthquake, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones having, like, <laughs> elemental punches. They had ways to get around what you'd think would be a weakness. Yeah, I think, similarly to Derek, the most surprising part for Astrid's journey was right there at the end. I knew that in the Elite Four there was a Dark-type trainer. I actually did not recall that she was the final member of the Elite Four. Um, so that was really, I think, an added layer of potential stress or anxiety just because, you know, Astrid might get through three members of the Elite Four and then, you know, lose to Karen and have to start over and battle everybody again. So for Astrid to approach that battle in the way that she did and really being able to take advantage of dual typing and type advantages i think was critical because if that weren't an option or if karen had more dark type pokemon like i know she had two non-dark types on her team so that really wasn't an issue for astrid at all i think that could have been a very different story but for that to be fairly easily handled right off the bat like first try like, was not at all what I was... I was expecting to be at the Indigo Plateau for a lot longer than we were. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely super interesting to hear. Um, and now, our next question, sort of looking forward to other trainers that might be inspired by listening to this show, or who might be thinking about, you know, talking to a friend that's doing this monotype challenge now that Paul and Astrid have sort of popularized it. What would or will you do differently in the future should you ever come across another strictly one-type Pokemon trainer? Give them more credit. <laughs> I, I, a lot of, not immediately, because look, in the past, there's a lot of those like very aggressive monotype trainers. You'll see them walking around, like bug catchers. They like dress in uniform, and then yeah. like the fishermen, they all dress the same. It's kind of weird. It's like this weird cult-like thing. There's some normal ones out there, too, that just happen to like Pokemon types that don't just dive into it with their whole person. So I'll judge less. Um, and also probably want to ask questions because they definitely seem to be, at least the normal ones, seem to be experts in their field. And as someone who is not the most expert person in Pokemon, um, I feel like there's a lot to learn. 
I would say one good thing that we assisted our trainers with sort of ahead of time was putting together, okay, here's a list of Pokemon that you can catch, you know, that are either part psychic type or part bug type. Where can you catch them during what time of day? And, you know, how many gym badges do you need in order to, to be able to access the point at which you can catch that Pokemon? So having that list was really helpful. I think what I would maybe recommend doing differently, at least from what Astrid did, was two sort of fatal flaws for her very early on in the game was that she used a starter Pokemon that she didn't capture herself. Um, Mm -hmm. So between it leveling up faster than everything else and having those level caps, that was like a very real issue for her. (laughs) And then um, from that list of sort of identifying what Pokemon you can catch when and where, I don't think we spent enough time really considering that Astrid wouldn't have access to that many Pokemon until, you know, her third or fourth gym badge. And so trying to get through that very early part of the journey with just a handful of Pokemon and one of whom you can't even really use, um, would not recommend. So I (laughs) Zero to ten, don't recommend. Yeah, yeah. I think that my advice or what I would do differently um, with a different trainer is just making sure that there's a little bit more balance um, in terms of what Pokemon you can capture and at what point. Um, Because at least Paul, you know, Paul had a pretty healthy team throughout most of this game and i feel like that was really good for him yeah yeah all right um and i have just one more question for you guys it's not a hard-hitting question um but i think our listeners would love to know what do you think the future holds for paul wall and astrid clearly a future as a rapper but potentially (laughs) also being a gym leader i think that paul should have the first just grill inspired diamond themed gym with bugs I think it would be wonderful. Yeah, I think unsurprisingly, I would say the same for Astrid. Um, I think she with would gr- probably <laughs> become a gym leader, not as themed as Paul's gym would be. But I think um, she would also probably leave Johto. I think she would want to continue to expand her horizons and broaden her perspectives and, you know, probably do either like more just research or exploring, whatever, like to get to meet new psychic type Pokemon and really gain an understanding of that type. And then probably Mm. I think settle down maybe in a different region um, and be a gym leader elsewhere. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sitting down with me. Um, And before we sign off, I know that you guys wanted to tell us a little bit about what your next adventure and journey is going to be. So please go ahead and, and tell us what you have to say. Yeah, so no, thank you, Gabby. So yeah, as we're kind of finishing up our recordings and everything in Johto, um, Sessie, you actually got a call from one of your neighbors uh, back in Michigan, and apparently it's a whole situation going on. Sister got married to a gym leader in Hoenn, so like, congrats to them. Good for y'all. Look at her. I don't even know how they met, honestly. Like, how does one go from, like, the United States of America to the Pokeverse? Like, is there Poke Hinge? Poke Tinder? Po- Did we have you know an what? ad for Probably. Poke Tinder? Was that a thing at one point? No, I don't. If if we haven't, we need one. Um, yeah, definitely <laughs> for sure. So yeah, uh, so yeah, she's moving there with her daughter as well. Um, and then given that their niece is going to be in the Pokeverse for the very very first time, they don't really understand the concept of evolution outside of what 
people in the U.S. understand, which, I mean, that's a bad reference point. People in the U.S. don't understand evolution. But they don't understand it as anything more than like a biological process that happens over a very long period. So poke evolution is kind of a very, very new concept. So that's going to be a whole thing to see. Yeah, so my neighbor asked if we could head over to Hoenn with them. She knew, you know, she's a listener of the show, knew that we were wrapping up here in Johto and was hoping that, you know, we could go over and keep an eye on her niece. Uh, she it does sound like she's going to be undertaking the Pokemon Gym Challenge. I mean, her new stepdad is a gym leader, so it seems sort of logical that that's what would happen. But from what I can tell, just in some of our early conversations, um, she won't be evolving any of her Pokemon during the journey because she just, like, doesn't grasp that concept of Poke evolution. Um, so that'll be fun and interesting. And Derek, you also have a connection to Helen. Yeah, it's actually in the same little town over there, which is kind of how it worked out so well that I got a little cousin. I got some cousins that live over there. I only claim the little cousin because the other one's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but I have some poke science deniers that live out there as family. Um, and they don't believe in poke evolution. They think it's all a sham. They don't let Pokemon evolve because they think it's the work of the devil. So I have to go ahead and kind of rescue my little cousin. And I figured if, you know, you're going to be out there trying to, you know, on a journey, I might as well expose him to the world. He also has been brainwashed and currently does not believe in poke evolution. So my goal is to bring him on a journey and maybe see if by the end of it, he'll start to believe in poke science and I can kind of get the, the brainwashing out of his head. Yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting duo for us to, to follow through because for very different reasons, they're kind of at the same place of not being willing or able to evolve their Pokemon. So I think it'll definitely be really interesting to see, you know, do they go with Pokemon that don't evolve at all? Do they keep some Pokemon in, like, their starter evolution? Do they, you know, how do they approach um, sort of the mechanics of not evolving any of their Pokemon? So um, that should be fun. It's about to be a good time. It's about to be some controversy to, to <laughs> speak to all my British friends out there. It's going to be, yeah. Very, very excited. Oh hey, so, but yeah, looking that our first episode there is going to be in exactly a month from the this release, correct? So January I think 10th? a little more than a month. Yeah, January a little more than 10th. A month. Yeah. Despite what you may think, we actually do some of this in advance, thanks to Ceci. So <laughs> exact dates are not yet known, but yes, in the meantime, through the rest of December, we got exciting bonus episodes. We're going to be releasing a lot of those interviews and stuff like that, which honestly... We've had such exclusive access to interviews, and the ads in the Pokeverse are just so clever. I know y'all are going to want to listen to some of that. Use that to hold you over. Get that fix in and get ready for Season 3. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and definitely stay tuned for introductions to our trainers as we get set up in Hoenn over in January. Bye! Oh boy. <laughs> Keep it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes just bye <laughs> okay bye we're done we're done here bye <laughs> <laughs>